laughs and make friends. To get on the Indo-American News Radio, email today, IndoAmericanNews at Yahoo.com or call 713-789-6397. Indo-American News Radio on Masala 98.7 FM every Saturday, 3 to 6 p.m. with Jawahar Sanchali Pramod and Jyoti. Crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. In No American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share, or disagree with Sanjali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call in No American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better. Every Saturday, listen to Masala Radio, 3 to 6 p.m. Indo-American News. Welcome back, folks. When I say welcome back, it's because I haven't left the studio, but <laughs> other people have left the studio and come back, and I haven't been, I've been stuck over here, which is a good thing because I could have been stuck on the freeway promote. That's true. Uh, I came by Highway 6, and there were no issues, but they did have those electronic signs saying, don't go to 59, it stands still traffic. Oh, man, mm. from, like, University Boulevard to uh, William Trace. Yeah. It was closed. I didn't know if I could make it. I made it with two minutes to spare. Wow. And you came, you were stuck in five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We so. had, had to have uh, Sridhar as our guest host. I, I had already alerted Sridhar. So. Oh, okay. So, folks, just to let you know, the extreme, extreme uh, degree of inconvenience we sometimes have to put up with it in order to, to come over here and dedicate our two or three hours with you. Uh, any idea what was going on? Mm, probably some sort of road construction. I don't know. Uh -huh. But but um, and we appreciate your listeners stepping in and listening to us on a Saturday afternoon. It's a beautiful Saturday afternoon, and we have a lovely hostess who's stepping in for Sanchali Basu. Yes, Sangeeta Dua. Thank you so much for having me. It's always fun. Uh, yes, that if you're going towards from from downtown towards 59 South towards the Sugarland, Williams Trace or or uh, Highway Six and all of that, so expect standstill traffic still. Yeah, yeah, it's it uh, it apparently started at 10 o'clock this morning. Oh. oh, wow! Probably they can take a route or or somehow you know. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. Take a detour, guys. The De detour. There's no detour. All the exits are all blocked. Well, they can take Beltway 8 and then come from Wilcrest and then they can go back and somehow they'll figure it out. The Beltway 8 is what I'm talking about. It's all it's blocked up. All blocked up from there So too. the only thing you mm -hmm. could do is go all the way down to Missouri City, come on the back road, which mm -hmm. would take you out of the way a little bit. But uh, so, Pramod, would you like to do the lineup? Uh, sure. Uh, at 3 p.m., we had the Indo-American News Unplugged with guest host Sangeeta Dua for Sanchali Basu. Uh, Jawahar and Sangeeta played the current affairs quiz, I think I know this, with Anju Sate Keller, Neetal Adkar, and Harshali Kulkarni. From 4 to 6 p.m., we have the uh, interviews, and uh, here's the guest lineup for Saturday, November 18th, from 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, this is a production of Indo-American News. We are on 98.7 FM. And you can also listen on the Masala Radio app. <coughs> By Monday, hear the recorded show on podcast uploaded on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Breaker. We have four years of podcasts, and I have had 
more than 8100 hits uh, we need for you to support the show and uh, to receive new podcasts select follow on our spotify and give us a five star rating that will get us higher ad clicks at 4:20 pm in 21 more days on december 9th houstonians and residents of surrounding cities will vote in many runoffs for municipal positions in houston city council district g the incumbent mary nan huffman will face challenger tony busby a high powered attorney who has become widely known for winning high profile cases such as the recent one against texas attorney general ken paxton tony ran for houston mayor in 2019 but lost to sylvester turner he will join us now to explain why he is seeking the district g position and what he hopes to accomplish at 4:50 p.m. the nonpartisan migration policy institute is a washington dc think tank that provides research analysis and ideas about complex immigration related issues mpi senior analyst dr valerie lacarte authored a new report on the growing contributions of immigrant populations to the houston metro area its growing diversity and challenges she joins us to talk about her findings at 5:20 p.m. the sikh center on prairie street in northwest part of the city was the first gurudwara that opened in texas in 1973 it has been recognized as a historical site and a plaque will be placed to honor 50 years of serving the hisik community we turn to bhupinder bose singh who has written a small book on the history of the sikh center and for more information and details on the planned celebration ceremony on december 3rd he'll be joined by hardeep kaur who has served as the center's past president to be featured on the show or to advertise please contact us at 713-789-6397 or at indoamericannews@yahoo.com please pick up the print edition of indoamerican news which is available all across town at grocery stores also visit our website indoamerican-news.com which gets 70000 plus hits to track all current stories and remember to visit our digital archives for over 15 years plus our entire 42 years of hard copy archives are available in the fondren library at rice university and thank now for the news hold I'll on, introduce hold on. myself hold on hold on hold on <laughs> hold on thank you so much for for the lineup promote uh we are um uh, we're very fortunate to be able to get uh, Tony Busby back because he was he was scheduled a couple of weeks ago he was scheduled on the 28th of October mm-hmm. uh, before the election but because of the election fevering campaigning etc etc he was unable to make it so mm-hmm. i had to twist a lot of arms in order to get him <laughs> back over mm-hmm. here so i think that's that's a good thing but on the other hand um you are going to be doing the news and this Correct. this is where i wanted to make sure that everyone this is how sanchali does it sanchali does it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now here's pramod with his exciting exciting <laughs> news roundup okay <laughs> uh, live from indo american news radio this is pramod kulkarni with the latest news from houston the united states india and around the world at the top of the news this afternoon is the cricket world cup final taking place at 2:30 a.m. this morning local time p 
people who rarely follow cricket are joining millions of cricket fans throughout the world in thrilling anticipation of finding out whether India will be able to defeat an experienced Australian team to win the Champions Trophy. This will be the first time for Indian captain Rohit Sharma, batting star Virat Kohli, pace bowler Mohammad Shami and all-rounder Ravinder Jadeja to put on their best talents forward to put down the likes of Pat Simmons, Steve Smith, Mitchell Stark and Adam Zampa. A few hardcore cricket fans from Houston will be among the 132,000 spectators at the Narendra Modi Stadium in Ahmedabad, the world's largest cricket venue. Meanwhile, fierce fighting continues in the Gaza Strip. Israeli Defense Forces have taken over the Shifa Hospital in Gaza City and are looking for Hamas tunnels underneath that may be holding Israeli hostages and storehouses of rockets and other weapons. As a humanitarian gesture, Israel has lifted the telecommunications blackout and are allowing patients, staff, and displaced Palestinians to leave the hospital compound. At the same time, Israeli airstrikes have killed 32 uh, people in the South Gaza amid calls for more than 400,000 of residents of Khan Yunis city to flee to the countryside. In Europe, Ukrainian troops have pushed back Russian forces on the east bank of the Dnepr River and secured several bridge bridgeheads on, on that side of the river that divides the country's partially occupied Kherson region. In political news, President Joe Biden and China's President Xi Jinping met in California on Wednesday. It was the first time that the pair had spoken in person in more than a year. As a result of the meeting, the U.S. and China have agreed to resume military-to-military -military communications in an effort to ease rising tensions. China had severed the communications line last year when the then U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has visited Taiwan. There was some good news this week for former President Donald Trump in legal affairs. A judge on Friday ruled that Trump had engaged in insurrection by in inciting the mob to attack the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, but the judge decided that Trump is not to be barred from appearing in the primary ballot in Colorado. An appeal to the ruling is expected. Meanwhile, the judge presiding over Trump's civil fraud trial in New York ruled against a defense motion for a mistrial over alleged bias on part of the judge and his court clerk, Alison Greenfield. The defense will have to continue to present its case and call witnesses next week. The Texas House has rejected the school voucher proposal, dealing a blow to Governor Abbott and private school advocates. A decisive vote of 84 to 63 has stripped school vouchers from the House Bill 1 by a coalition, coalition of Democrats and mostly rural Republicans. Abbott had promised to continue to advance school choice in the Texas legislature and also at the ballot box. In week 10 of the NFL, the Houston Texans won a dramatic last-second victory over the Cincinnati Bengals, improving their record to 5-4. and four. The Texans will play the Arizona Cardinals this Sunday, which has a losing record of 2-8. and eight. 
a win will improve the chances for the Texans to make the playoffs. Finally this afternoon, an oil company giant seems to have made a concession to electric vehicles. ExxonMobil has announced a project to extract lithium, which is required for electric vehicle batteries. The project involves drilling vertical wells deep into a reservoir of under a saltwater resource called the Smackover in southern Arkansas. Once completed, the wells will bring water to the surface where Exxon will deploy direct lithium extraction process to remove lithium from the brine. The DLE process is expected to extract up to 90% of the lithium compared to the traditional process of using evaporation surface ponds that can extract only 50% of the lithium. That's all the news for this afternoon. More views, discussions, and music as we continue with the Indo-American News Talk Show. It's about time Exxon got the act together. They finally figured out that it's worth the money, the money to put into this kind of business. Yeah, and mm. it's neat that their technologies of drilling wells is applicable to uh, finding lithi lithium as well. Correct. So th this this is a new process, and they intend to make a lot of money because they're saying they can produce up to one million uh, battery worth of lithium, but you also need... Uh, um, nickel and cobalt. Yeah, those are, I think, a little bit easier to mine. No, no, they're more difficult. Lithium not is the l most difficult. No, they're not, I'm sorry, what I meant was they're not difficult to mine, but they're not in as abundant a supply right now. They're, they're being very tightly oh, okay, used controlled. Up. Yeah. Um, okay, well, thank you, Pramod. That's great. Sure. And we have, um, we have, um, uh, a story that really touched my heart about the the Bangladeshi guy, uh -huh. Sayed Rabani. He was pictured in, uh, well, I mean, 35 years ago, Sayed Rabani went and shot his roommate. And then he was incarcerated for since 1980, 1987, I guess. Um, and, he, and he was incarcerated on death row for 35 years. He's originally from Bangladesh, and he's l slowly lost his mind. Oh, really? He, they f his, his lawyers found him in, in his jail cell with feces all over, filthy conditions, and he was barely able to talk or stand up. And so now they're the, he was supposed to be able to get lawyers to help him with his case uh, with, uh, with over time but the uh, the lawyers never really surfaced and mm -hmm. took the case on. So he got forgotten in the system. And so therefore he was now uh, being, uh, uh, they finally found a, a lawyer who actually, his name is uh, um, Wolf. Uh, and he asked that Tony, be t I mean, uh, Rabani be taken out of state custody, put into hospice care. And uh, they expect that to happen. But can you imagine 35 the guy even said i don't want to be i don't want to spend years on death row he said at the time and for 35 years he was forgotten oh, oh my god but he, did commit he committed the murder all right but there were some uh, other issues they could have given him life oh okay but being on death row is a different story oh yeah certainly mm. so um terrible so story so what will happen to him now he 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 will probably be let out and his sentence commuted to life in prison. Oh, okay. But he he's g he's going to spend the rest of his life in a hospital. Do they find a lawyer for him now? Yeah, they did. Someone's representing. Right, but oh, 
but the problem is he's in a hospice right now, so he's not expected to live very well, yeah. mm. very long. It's very sad. 35 years on, on death row. Yeah. Anyway, that's a different story. Whether he was, uh, he was uh, guilty or not is a separate issue. Yeah, so we have Mr. Tony Besby on hey. the call. Oh, yes, he's on His the phone, and so I'm so delighted to have him on at this point. I know that he's been very, very busy, but we'll go to him right after the commercial break. And in the meanwhile, we have um, to ask all of you to stay tuned because we have a beautiful program. We have uh, Dr. Valerie LaCarte talking about m immigration and diversity. And then we have the Sixth Center of Houston celebrating its 50th anniversary with a plaque that's given by the, by the state as a historical Monument. monument. The, mm -hmm. the, the, the whole site is a historical. 50 years in, in the existence. Right. They were the first the, the first Gurdwara mm -hmm. in Texas. So, so folks, don't go away. This is Indo-American News Radio, and Sangeeta Dua is stepping in for Sanjali Basu, who's still vacationing <laughs> and doesn't care that we're having a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> she's in Kolkata. Kolkata, Is, is she yeah. back next week? Uh, yes. I'm sure mm. she's having a lot of fun there. Yeah, this is the best time to visit India between October and December. Right. Yes. Folks, so we'll wherever we'll you we'll are, Sanjali, I'm sure you're enjoying and I'm filling you in for you. We'll Movie reviews and local community roundup every Saturday, 4 to 6 p.m. on Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo American News Radio. Crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. At Indo-American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share, or disagree with Sanjali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call Indo-American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better. Every Saturday, listen to Masala Radio, 3 to 6 p.m. Indo-American News. Welcome back, folks. And with that beautiful sax riff, we're going to introduce Mr. Tony Busby, who I hope is still on the phone. He's not calling back in because he got dropped off. But uh, Sangeeta, would you introduce him? Yes, absolutely. Tony Busby graduated from the Texas AMN University with a Bachelor of Science degree in psychology, and then he entered the United States Marine Corps in the, Mar in the Marines. After leaving the Marine Corps, uh, Tony entered a law school at the University of Houston Law Center, where there he was a managing editor of the, of the Houston Law Review and has elected class captain. Tony was tired. Tony has tried multiple cases to verdict, obtaining more than 10 million in verdicts and, and, and settlements. Over the course of his career, he is the subject of the book De Defining Mom uh, Moments and has appeared on the cover of New York Times Magazine in 2015. Tony was named Attorney of the Year and a Super Lawyer by the Texas Lawyer due to the winning eight cases in the single year, including verdict of 159 million, 41 million, 35 million, 39 million, 30 million, and 12 million, all while also representing Governor Rick Perry in his criminal case that Tony was uh, ultimately able to get, th get that dismissed. To add, uh, add to that, add to this uh, recent successful defense of a state attorney, General Ken uh, Prexton, Tony has his highest verdict awarded in a multiple courts across Texas. 
So, Mr. Tony, we welcome you to the Indo-American News News Radio. Thanks for having me. How are you? Absolutely. Great to have you here, sir. How are you doing? Uh, hi, Tony. This is Jay. So so good of you to, to make it. I know this is a, hopefully a little lull in the campaign right now because of Thanksgiving. <laughs> is that correct? Well, we have um, the runoff election for District G mm -hmm. is on December the 9th. Correct. So right. we have a few weeks. Right. We, we have about three weeks to go. And uh, uh, quite honestly, you know, uh, I was... Uh, I was hoping for a different outcome. Uh, I happen to live in District G, along with my co-host uh, Pramod Kulkarni. Yes, and uh, we were uh, we were a little surprised. Oh, I was a little surprised when when uh, Mary Nan Huffman won. Well, she's in the incumbent, so she had a little stronger position. But uh, we all voted for you, Tony. Well, yeah. So District well, G, it. District G is from all the way. Uh, from River, G, River Oaks? District G uh, runs from River Oaks and goes uh, down Memorial Drive all the way to Highway 6. So it, it covers the entire part of West Houston. Right. And Sangeeta, you were saying something? Yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, um, in that particular district, there's a main power with the water leak. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that. And then um, maybe if you're if within, um, you know, when your role as a consul, uh, maybe we want to see what are you planning to do to fix that because that seems to be a huge problem. The water situation? Water leak, yes. Yeah. I, yes. It's in Tambo. No, no, but, no. That's, but, but that's in, the, in the area of District G. Mr. Tony, are you aware of that situation, right? Yes. There, there are 950 broken water mains across the city of Houston. And if you drive anywhere around Houston, and, and especially in West Houston, you see running water everywhere mm -hmm. um, and <clears throat> the infrastructure is just has gotten so bad uh it's costing the city of houston just in water 150 million a year that's right um recently uh the city entered into a contract with a few contractors to to attempt to start repairing some of these broken water mains and of course now we found out that that some of these contracts were were um inappropriate and um, were done under the table without any sort of bidding process. So hmm. now we're kind of back to the drawing board and, and all of us taxpayers are footing the bill for all this. Hmm. Well, but they, by, by having you in the council, you, we have your tenacity as a sleuth to find these kinds yeah, of things out. Yeah, you can out. be the watchdog. Yeah, that's, that's what I hope to do. I, I hope to, to expose and to bring information to the people, to the taxpayers, so, so we all know what's going on uh, so we can get these problems corrected. I mean, the roads are so terrible. The infrastructure, the water, the water mains, I mean, it's just, it's just we can do so much better. We have so much talent in this city. We have so many great people who are doing magnificent things, and we can't even get the small things right, and that's the reason I'm running for council. Amen, amen. Yeah, you know, I really believe that that's, that's the key. I, I live in the district. I, my, the roads in my subdivision have not seen any improvement in 35 years. I mean, it's like, where's my money going? My tax money going? That, yeah, and that's, you know, we, we pay our taxes. <clears throat> we faithfully pay our taxes. You know, sometimes we complain, but we still pay our taxes. And, um, and we don't see any, any return on that investment. And so uh, many of the communities in West Houston have been forced to hire their own security. 
because we don't have enough uh, police officers on the street. We have streets that are crumbling. We have uh, water mains that are broken, and yet uh, the revenue in the city of Houston continues to increase. Um, as an example, in four years, uh, the city budget has increased by a billion dollars, hmm. but yet we don't see where that money's being spent. And unfortunately, I think it's not being spent correctly. It's not being spent wisely, which is what Chris Brown said just this week when he uh, halted the negotiations on the Terminal B expansion for United Airlines. He said, whoa, wait a minute, let's see whether all the I's are dotted and the T's crossed. Yeah, and, you know, we, we continue to, we, every year um, the revenues of the city of Houston increase, and every year we, we see fewer and fewer services. And, and with regard to District G, uh, District G is, is, I call it the golden goose. It lays the golden egg. It generates 37% of the revenues of the city. Is that right? It's only one of 11. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's one of 11 districts, but yet it generates more than a third of the entire budget, and yet Whoa. it receives a small, small fraction in service. So, mm. you know, we need somebody in District G who is, who is a strong advocate, who is speaking for the people, speaking for the taxpayers, making sure people are aware of what's going on, and get this city on track. You know, the, the, we talk about the big, you know, the big items. We talk about where is Houston going to be in 10 years? You know, what do we want to be as a city? How, how do we make sure that everybody has a seat at the table? Mm-hmm. But, you know, we can't even get the small things correct, and, and that's what we got to focus on in, in, the, in the near term because, you know, if District G fails, the entire city fails. Yes, talking about the advocacy, because you know uh, people li- living in District uh, G and uh, having your coming as you know, because you had uh, run for for mayor as well. Um, so coming, I know people, uh, I, and I do want to uh, let our viewers and listeners know that um, you have been a part of the Democratic Party as well, and now part, you've been part of the Republican Party as well. So having the uh, experience with both parties, I think you would you would make a better candidate because you understand both both uh, spectrums. So, uh, uh, if you want to just put a little uh, light on that, how that would help you understand the problems and and uh, in order to and reach, help, reach, resolve the yeah reach across the fence. In other words, yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, too many people. Uh, you know, sometimes we're steadfast in, in what party somebody's in, and I know, of course, everyone in both parties and can work with both sides. And importantly, can work with Austin because, you know, Houston is the largest city in Texas. It should be the leader of Texas, uh, and we should be getting along with our leadership in Austin. Sometimes, though, what we see instead is, you know, city officials in Houston fighting with with uh, officials in Austin. And we got to do away with that. Well, we well, got to work together. Well, Tony, in this um, in this particular case, if I could interrupt you, Mary Nan Huffman is actually Republican. Uh, well, she's very she's a very, uh, very very much supported by the conservative wing of the of the Texas Republican Party, which also puts her at odds sometimes with some of the things that that are good for our district. That's the way at I, least I, I see it. That. And, and I think she's I think she's too focused on partisan politics and not focused on the problems we face. You know, when you, you think about it, uh, fixing a water main is not partisan. Correct. And fixing a road is not partisan. And making sure that your community is safe is not a partisan issue. But mm-hmm. I think, some, you know, too many times people like uh, Mary Nan Huffman spend spend their time focused on um, partisanship and not fixing problems. And that's the reason I'm running. I want to make sure that 
the problems that we all face collectively get get addressed. Yeah, but this position is nonpartisan. When it comes Correct. to the city, it's, it's not it's not about the party line. It's about the service. And Cor if you can provide the service in a, in a proper manner, that's what we what, that's what your uh, voters are looking for. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I and think that's what people want. I think people want problems solved and solved in a smart, efficient, and and timely way. Well, uh, I just want to point out to our listeners who are. Uh, mostly South Asians, that the, the difference in this runoff election is going to be the minority vote. It's going to be the difference that a South Asian uh, community or any other minority com communities feels enfranchised in order to make a change. Because certainly, Mary Nan Huffman's tenure hasn't left us better off, at least in my particular condition. Yeah, and also the runoff election is on a Saturday. Sunday. And typically, it's on a Sunday. A Sunday? So e Sunday is even worse then. Uh, very few people will, um, you know, want to vote on a weekend. Let me double check that number, that, that thing. That, 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 oh yeah, you're right. It's the Saturday the 9th. Yeah, it should be Saturday. Saturday the 9th, right. And I, and I would point out that uh, the, the good news about that, and I, I do appreciate your concern there because, you know, it's a Saturday election, uh, but we do have early voting. Which, which makes it a little more convenient uh, starting on November the 27th. Oh, okay. Uh, and that, so that will run from November 27th until December, I think, the 3rd, and then uh, the election itself will be on the 9th. But every one of those days, voters can vote at any location across the city of Houston. It doesn't matter which district you're in or which precinct you're in. You can vote anywhere that's convenient to where you work or maybe where you're going to the, the grocery store. And the, the, the polls are open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., and the only thing you need to vote is some sort of ID. Um, Correct. They will tell you which, which precinct you're in, and they'll make sure you're able to vote. Yeah, yes. and uh, Tony, there are other runoff elections as well, right, for the mayor and uh, quite a few council uh, seats. There's several council, uh, city several controller. council positions that are, that are open, but I think one election that that, that your listeners will probably be interested in is the, the election for mayor. Uh, there's a runoff there between Sheila Jackson Lee and John Whitmire. Um, so the voters will have to choose between those two individuals. And then there's also uh, the election for um, controller to take uh, Brown's position, and that's, uh, that is on the table between Chris Hollins and uh, Orlando Sanchez. Right. So there's some... There's some important positions that are that are uh, to be decided, and I sure hope that people, you know, will take the time and and uh, go to one of those days of early voting or go on election day. And and here's here's my pitch. The reason I think it's so important. We, you know, we talk about politics a lot, and we talk about you know who's going to be the president, who's going to be the the governor, but the truth is the the government that affects you the most is your local city government. Amen. That's, That's true. Yep. Your quality of life is all about your local government, you know, roads that are passable, that you don't blow out your tire or mess up your front end alignment, you know. Yeah, that happens. Proper security. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, prop, proper security in your neighborhood, um, you know, making sure that you can safely go to the grocery store or, or, or go shopping, uh, making sure that you have water pressure in your home, that your water bill is not just skyrocketing. These are just these are all quality of life issues that your local city government um, is responsible for. And so we should take the time to make sure that we're choosing the best people. And, and that's why I believe that I'm, that, that I would do a very good job at this and, and would be responsive and receptive 
uh, to the people of District G. Well, t Tony, uh, in 2019, when you ran for mayor, uh, I was fortunate enough to come to your office downtown, and we did an interview for uh, you, uh, on you, and we published it in our newspaper. newspaper it's yeah. on our website right now. Uh, it's been on the website, but um, we at that time, I was struck by the fact that you have such a such a great great uh, practice, law practice, and you have lots of people working, and you have lots of uh, you've handled a lot of high profile cases, but. How would you be able to balance that law practice with running for, for being a councilman? Well, you know, I've, <clears throat> I've been fortunate to be involved in a lot of different businesses, beverage business, um, uh, shoe business, if you mm -hmm. can believe that. Really? Um, a, a part, yeah, <laughs> I have a shoe mm -hmm. company, um, a beverage company. Um, I, I'm an investor in a lot of different uh, projects that are ongoing. And of course, my primary business is is running a, a, a pretty large law firm. We're on the 75th floor of, of Chase Tower downtown. Correct. And and I guess what what I would say is that you know I have the luxury of being my own boss, mm -hmm. and I get to make my own schedule and dedicate the time um, that I feel is necessary for the for the job. And and uh, you know I'm really dedicated to this, and I I will spend 60, 70, as many hours as it takes to make sure that that we get this city back on track, that District G has a strong voice at council, because right now I don't believe it does have a strong voice. And uh, I'm really excited and energized about doing the job. So, you know, unlike my opponent, um, you know, I, I don't have a boss. I don't have somebody telling me where I need to be at a particular time. I'm able to, you know, when I wake up at four or five in the morning, which is my current, you know, typically the time I wake up, wow. you know, I can hit the ground running and, 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 and do the work and, and do it with, with energy and, and passion because I, cause I love the city so much because the city's been so good to me. Yes, Mr. Busby, as you, you know, you correctly identified all the problems that uh, District G is going to have. So I think what our viewers and listeners want to also know that what are the plans that you're, you have in your mind and how are you trying to fix all these? Do you have any, anything that you want to share that at this moment? Yeah, yeah. What, what would you do in the first 45 days, for example, or 60 yeah, days? Yeah, what? just like five. Just within six, I, I tell you the way I plan this out is, is and of course, I'm going to have to get some help from the mayor, but I've got some commitments uh, from John. Whitmire, assuming that he wins this, the election for mayor, which I expect he will. But again, that's up to the to the listeners and the voters to decide. But uh, I want to see 500 police officers on the street within six months, new police officers uh -huh. who are actually on patrol where you can see them in the communities. Do we Not have the budget? A bunch of arrests, do we have the budget but, to but do that? We have the budget to do it. We certainly so recruitment do. has uh, been already started. I'm sorry. The recruitment. Recruitment. Well, so the we're going to have to bring police officers in from outside the normal recruitment process because remember, to get a to police officer from A to B from from recruit to on the street is a six month process. Yeah, and we're not going to be able to go through that process. We're going to have to bring in already seasoned, trained, experienced Correct. officers from outside nice. the city and put them on the street while we work on getting our our police academy back up and running the way it used to be where it used to be actually a, a component that made money for the city because people came from all over the country to go through our police academy. It's been, right. it's been decimated, and, uh, but it used to be an actual uh, a, a net positive moneymaker for the city. So mm -hmm. that's, that's goal one, is uh -huh. for people to see police officers on the street. And then secondly, what I want to do within 90 days 
is I want to see a schedule of road projects prioritized uh, by importance so the people of District G can see where the road projects are, where they are in line, where in the queue, and what the priority has been placed on them. That's something that I think would, would make people understand a little bit more about what's going on, and then it would make the mayor and the rest of the council understand that we're going to give the people basically what is what is a capital plan, and we're going to stick to it because too many times we get a project approved, and then it sits, and it sits, and it sits, and it sits, and it never happens. Right. And then circumstances change, and it gets the money, the price goes up, and has to be completely replanned and redone, and we waste a load of money doing that way. And I can tell you, you know, having, having built a lot of different things, that that is not the way to do business. You, you put a plan in place, you prioritize, and you execute, and you communicate. So that's issue number two. Oh, uh, Tony, hold on, hold on, hold on right there. Yeah. We, we need to go to a really short commercial break, and we'll be back with you right, right after that. Folks, we're talking to Tony Busby, who's uh, running in the runoff for city, Houston City Council District G, and we're, we're learning more about his plans for what he wants to do in the first Thank six you. months six months of being in office. So don't go away. If you like what you hear, stay tuned with us, and we'll be back after these messages. This is Indo-American News Radio. We're uh, talking to once again to Tony Busby, the one and only Tony Busby, the high-powered attorney Tony Busby, who's now going to take on City Hall. So mm -hmm. here we go. Don't, don't go away. We'll be right back. India News, U.S. News, World News, Movie Reviews, and Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday, 4 to 6 p.m. on Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Prabhon. Indo-American Indo News Radio. Looking for fresh homemade spices? Chandrika Masala is the place. Chandrika Masala Retail Outlet at Factory Location, 13220 Murphy Road. Chandrika Masala, 100% homemade spices, atas, and chutneys. 713-789-3088. Chandrikamasala.com. 713-789-3088. कदर किसी की सिर्फ बोल कर ही नहीं की जाती क्योंकि चमक से पता चल ही जाता है हीरा कभी खुद नहीं कहता वो कितना चमकता है Maharaja Jewelers for when love is to be expressed not said Sachche pyar ka sachcha tohfa 5821 Hillcroft 7137845673 Maharaja bringing diamonds to life 
लगता है जैसे कल ही तो हमारी शादी हुई थी फिर छोटी सी आन्या आ गई। अब देखो हमारी बेटी स्कूल जाने लगी है सोचती हो जिंदगी को कहूँ जरा धीरे चल जिंदगी धीरे चले ना चले लेकिन जिंदगी में महाराजा के हीरे बहुत चलेंगे जिंदगी और महाराजा के हीरे दोनों ही बहुत कीमती सेलिब्रेट लाइफ विद महाराजा फाइव एट टू वन हिल क्रॉफ्ट सेवन वन थ्री फोर एट जीरो सिक्स सेवन सेवन सिक्स ब्रिंगिंग डायमंड Crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. At Indo-American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share, or disagree with Sanjali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call Indo-American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better every Saturday. Listen to Masala Radio, three to six p.m. Indo-American News. Welcome back, listeners. We are talking to Tony Busby, the candidate for District G, Houston City Council, and he was giving us. He was outlining the four or five points that, uh, or, th- or steps that he would take when he first, uh, as soon as he, g- he got elected, within the first six months. And he was on step number three. Tony, go right ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, one of the things that people are very frustrated about is the three-one-one system in Houston. It just doesn't work the way it should. Mm-hmm. And with the technology that we have, and 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 the, the the people that we have, this is this should be something we could easily fix. And what's most important to me is to make sure that anyone in District G who calls the three-one-one system can have a tracker to know exactly that their call has been received. They don't have to call twice. They can they can track their call online, and more importantly for me, that I can, as council member, I can track it with a dashboard, so I can make sure that Public Works or whoever uh, is responsible for fixing whatever needs to be taken care of, that it gets done. And and we just don't have that kind of accountability district by district. And I and I welcome that kind of accountability because I want the di- the three one one system. That sounds like a great call. idea. That, yeah. That's uh, mm-hmm. using high tech in order to monitor this sort of stuff. Yeah. So, and and these are just you know, but but I think the biggest thing I bring to the table, and you know, uh, you guys uh, mentioned some of the work that I've done in the past as a lawyer. You know, when you think about it, uh, a council member' job is to collect data, make arguments, make counter arguments, and and persuade people. Mm-hmm. And and that's really and that's really what I'm very good at. And right. That's what I will do. Yeah. Uh, for the district you know, for the district. And, and, the, and the district just doesn't have that right now. You know, right now the district is generating 37% of the revenues and getting less than 9% of the services. And District G is, is really the district, and I'm not suggesting that it's more important than any, any other place, but I am suggesting that, that you got to make sure that your income generator continues to, to generate income for, for not only the district but also the city. And, and there's just some things that, that really need to be taken care of and, and, and the district needs to have a strong, assertive, skilled voice, and that's where that's what I bring to the table. Cool. Uh, pr- thank pr- you, Tony. And uh, you know, each uh, district does get a budget of their own to spend. Uh, do you have any priorities on how that money will be spent? Well, here's one of the, one of the anomalies about the city budget is mm-hmm. 
the mayor through the budget process ultimately generates the, the budget and approves the budget and puts it on the agenda. And the council members, all they can do is vote up or down on it. Yeah, he allocates the, the budget. Oh, okay. He, he allocates it himself. She, he or she allocates it themselves. Now, the, the, the particular district council member has a million-dollar allotment. That's their council allotment that they can spend for very specific projects, i.e., perhaps providing extra overtime for police officers or maybe fixing, you know, several potholes. But but it's very minor when you compare it to the $6.2 billion budget of the entire Right, state. right. And, and, and a case in point for where you need to have a coalition or a, a meeting of the minds is what happened on Kirkwood Drive right now. Greg Travis was instrumental in bringing the flood control uh, culverts, of removing them and putting in box culverts. And so the yeah. the whole Kirkwood Drive has been redone, mm. and it's the yeah, next and, and next portion from Briar Forest to Westheimer is happening right now. Yeah, you you can't under you can't under understate the importance of having a strong advocate to represent the people because, you know, the current the current council member, uh, very very nice lady, but but as far as being an advocate, she just hasn't done that. And as an example, you know, in a three hour budget hearing. Uh, she spoke a total of three minutes for the district. Wow! You know, all the other council members were, were were chiming in. They were making their cases. They were making their arguments. They were they were trying to convince the the other council members to adjust the budget to provide to provide more service, more police police officers, et cetera, to right. their particular district. And our council member in District G, she spoke three minutes, and it was of no substance. There was no argument made. It was just she just made a few comments. So. You know, we have to have somebody who who's advocating in a strong way, in a skilled way, for the District G uh, people. Yeah, Mr. And, Tony. And, and I really believe if District G does well, the entire city does well. So it's it's not, you know, mutually exclusive. District right. G does well, city of Houston does well. Mm -hmm. Mr. Tony, you had mentioned several times that the the most skilled and the aggressive way, assertive way, and very talented that you are. Um, my question to you is, being your own boss and running your own uh, law firm, how are you pl planning to balance that when you literally have to, you have a boss over there who is controlling, uh, you know, the funds and controlling just like, you know, the, um, the allocation of, of the funds and, and whatnot? And Tony, we've only got 60 seconds left. Okay. Well, it's not self-evident, but the truth is, in, in large litigation, you're typically uh, working with a lot of different lawyers from across the country, and mm -hmm. they typically choose, you know, leadership teams, uh, and, and you're basically trying to persuade other people. Many times they have very big egos, you might expect, and um, trying to convince others of your point of view and why it makes sense for them to do the things that you think should be done. And I think this is the same skill set and the same job, and I'm looking forward to doing it for District G. Well, thank, thank you. you very much, Tony B Busby. Thank you so much for calling in. We wish you the very best of luck in the runoff for Houston City Council District G. That's uh, And folks out there, uh, t uh, the minority vote is going to swing this election. So if you like what uh, uh, the uh, Tony has just outlined for you, then I think he deserves your vote. And so it's December 9th is the runoff. Uh, the, the early voting starts November 20th until December 3rd. Yeah. And so be sure to go out in, in large numbers and, uh, and vote because that's what we, that will make this thing work in, in the favor that, that Tony looks for. See work. Make democracy work. Good luck to you, Tony, and we hope to in interview you once you become city councilman. Yeah, thank you, Tony.
really enjoyed talking with you all. Thank you. Have a good day. Take Have care. a good Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, fine. That was great. Uh, so uh, we have our next guest with us already? Uh, one of them. W right? It's, isn't it? Uh, no, one of them is it's Dr. Valerie Lecart. Okay, I, well, she's on, the, on hold. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But she is the one. So we will make sure that we... Uh, so promote? Yeah, I can go ahead and introduce her. Uh, we'll be very pleased to have Valerie Lacart uh, on our show now. Uh, Valerie is a senior policy analyst with Migration Policy Institute's U.S. Immigration Policy Program, where she contributes to research design and conducts data analysis on a range of issues, including native immigrant gaps in socioeconomic outcomes and access to public benefits for vulnerable immigrant and humanitarian populations. Prior to joining MPI, Dr. Lacart was a postdoctoral fellow at the Institute for Women's Policy Research, where she conducted empirical analysis on women's economic security, including the gender wage gap, paid family leave, entrepreneurship, and public health expenditures. Previously, she worked at the Organization of American States and Inter-American Development Bank, where she gained expertise on regional in integration with a focus on the Caribbean. Dr. Lacart earned a BA in economics from University de Quebec, uh, Montreal, an MSc in economics from University de Montreal, and a PhD in economics from American University. For her dissertation, she used a mixed methods approach to study the integration of Caribbean immigrants into the U.S. labor market and the intersectionality of race, ethnicity, and cultural gender norms. Welcome, Valerie, to our show. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, certainly. Bienvenue, Valerie. We are very happy to have you with us. Merci, merci. <laughs> <laughs> so, Valerie, uh, we, I had a little ch uh, chance to have a chat with Valerie earlier on, and she's originally from Canada, oh, okay. from Montreal. She was born and raised in Montreal, but her parents are from Haiti. I see. So there, uh, but she spent a lot of time, uh, I, I believe, in the Caribbean, going back and forth for, to visit family and so on, I suppose, right? That's right. That's correct. Okay. And and then she lives in a beautiful city. I don't know why you left Montreal for yes. you for, so for Washington D.C. Yes. I mean D.C. <laughs> is pre it's pretty. It's a European city, but Montreal it's uh, can't compare no to Montreal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, very impressive yeah, right. bio, by the way, Valerie. It's good to have you on the show. Thank you very much. So, so, so Valerie, um, she uh, held a Zoom meeting just the other day maybe earlier this week, uh, I think Tuesday or Wednesday, and with uh, um, other people from the ethnic media source. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were uh, able to listen in on her presentation, and it was very nicely distilled. She managed to distill this rather complex report into about 15 minutes, and the, which leaves uh, a lot of time for people like us to ask her questions. Mm -hmm. So Valerie, w tell us the gist of this report. 
Thank you very much, and I hope I'll be as eloquent as last time. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Um, well, I should start by saying, you know, the reason why we, we published this report now is the third report that we do on, uh, Houston, on Houston. Uh, we look at Houston as you know, one of the top diverse metro areas in the country. And then on top of that, of course, it's close to the border. Uh, it's close enough to the border, at least. Uh, and we were wondering, in part, why, how those new, the new arrivals at the border are uh, affecting or, or how does this manifest itself in the immigrant community of Houston that is already known to be diverse. So in this report, you know, I would say to start that one of the top highlights is precisely that when we look at the immigrant population, not only has it grown a lot over time, Mm-hmm. Uh, we looked at a 10-year period. It increased by 30, 30, like a third, basically. But also, it's become more diverse. So we know, you know, you know very well that the top uh, country of origin for immigrants in Houston is um, Mexico. Right. And it's still this, it's still Mexico. But uh, uh, excuse me, the, let me interrupt you yes. uh, very quickly. You said in the 10-year period. Which 10-year period are we talking about? It was from 2010 to 2021. I see. Okay. So two so years 11 ago. 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and yes, and so the, 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 Mexic- the non-Mexican share of immigrants has increased a lot, too. There are new countries that are now in the top 10 or top 20 uh, countries of origin of immigrants, like Venezuelans, uh, Nigerians, Indians, Chinese. Uh, Vietnam, uh, Vietnamese, all of these communities have grown substantially mm-hmm. uh, over that, that 11-year period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. Okay, okay. So in your report, Valerie, do you have, like, from a one or from one to, to 10, maybe in a row, like, who has the most population of immigrants that who have come in within the last 10, 10 years? Yes, yes. We have, uh, over that period of time that I mentioned, uh, from 2010 to 2021, we have a table that shows the size of the communities, and by how much they've grown. So, like, the, the top five, for example, in Mexi- in um, Houston are Mexico, El Salvador, and then Vietnam, India, and Honduras. Wow. So those are the, the, yeah, those are the five largest ones. So, so to give an idea in absolute numbers or percentages, uh, what are they? Are they the 27%, uh, 30%, uh, 15%, how much is that right. in these groups? So the Vietnamese, for example, I'll, I'll go to the some of the um, communities that have experienced the highest growth, let's mm-hmm. say, over that period. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Vietnamese community grew by 35%. Wow. And the, the, yeah, the Indian community by 78%. No, get oh out God. of here. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying from 2010 to 2021, the Indian community grew 78%? Yes, that's uh, right. Folks, uh, if you're listening out there, I'm sure that you are. <laughs> and if you're stuck in that traffic still on 59, <laughs> so did blame you, it on many them. of you are Indians. <laughs> yeah, did you hear what the, what we just uh, discovered? 78% population growth for South for Indians. But I don't think right. she's come to the number one spot, right? 
No, no, it hasn't come to the number one spot, but um, it's but it's the fifth. It's, I mean, the fourth actually highest ranked community. There's ninety about ninety five thousand Indians, uh-huh. and those are the ones who are foreign born, right? That that are actually born in India. So, so how intense is this report, Valerie? Uh, do you categorize by but, but the age groups? Let's listen to the rest of the numbers first. Mm-hmm. Valerie, can oh well. Uh, <laughs> the rest of the numbers. Just, I, I can answer quickly that no, we did not break down by by age group. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but go ahead uh, with your analysis. Yeah. Yes, and and actually that table that I mentioned, I, it, you're right. It, it is interesting for a lot of people who may want to look at their specific community. You know, we have the Filipinos, for example, and the Pakistani community are ranked 11th and 12th. Oh wow! They're pretty big. Yeah, they're pretty big. And they experienced that important growth I see. over that period. So this report is available to other people, or do you have to subscribe to it? Oh, it's available on our website, uh, on the migrationpolicy.org. Uh, migrationpolicy.org, uh, right. I see. Right. I see. And, uh, it, and you don't have to lo- log in or anything else to get the report? No, no. You just look for a report, uh, and you're, it's... Under publications, you'll find uh, the it's the first or second report because it just came out. I see. So you'll find it there. Valerie, um, um, I, I'm mm-hmm. going to interrupt you real quick, um, and we're going to give you a few more minutes in order to to uh, expand. Uh, yeah, to expand on your line of thought. From uh, we're going to go to a commercial break. We'll be back after the commercial break, folks. We're talking to we're talking to Dr. Valerie Lecath, who is talking to us about how the immigration. Uh, statistics land in Houston, and she has other information to pass along, which would really is fascinating, and you 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 need to stay tuned in. So don't go away. This is Indo American News Radio, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Masala Radio, 107.5 KGLK, HD4, Lake Jackson, and 98.7 FM, K254BZ, Fairbanks. Masala. Indo-American News Radio. India News. U.S. News. World News. Movie Reviews. And Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo-American News Radio. Now available at all India Bazaar store locations in Dallas. This is Sandhya Tucker, and yes, I just had full face and neck all therapy at Amerijuve. Truthfully, it was a little uncomfortable as the energy zapped in deep to reactivate my own collagen. But the results are amazing. Chin lifted and tightened. Fine lines and wrinkles disappearing. Dark spots definitely faded. I am so excited. Optimum results are yet to come after three to six months and will last for years. For your complimentary all therapy consultation, Call a marriage you 713-960-6262. If you think you're keeping up with the news, tell us what you know. Get on the Indo-American News Radio quiz show. I think I know this. The only quiz of its kind on Desi Radio. In the U.S. 
Yes. And win points, a prize, laughs, and make friends. To get on the Indo-American News Radio, email today, indoamericannews at yahoo.com or call 713-789-6397. Indo-American News Radio on Masala 98.7 FM every Saturday, 3 to 6 p.m. with Jawahar Sanchali Pramod and Jyoti. Crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. At Indo-American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share, or disagree with Sanchali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call Indo-American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better. Every Saturday, listen to Masala Radio, 3 to 6 p.m. Indo-American News. Welcome back, folks. This is Jawahar, and we are talking to Dr. Valerie Lekat on Indo-American News on uh, Radio Unplugged, I was going to say, but we're not unplugged anymore. <laughs> but Valerie is calling in from Washington, D.C., where she, she is a senior policy uh, analyst with the Migration Policy Institute, uh, and she's talking about a report that was just issued about this, the the statistics, the the state of migration uh, for different communities in Houston. I guess not just Houston, but Harris County. Is that correct, Valerie? Yes, it's the metro area, including uh, it's the nine counties of. Uh, oh, the greater. Oh, okay. Greater so pretty okay. large area. Greater met- greater metropolitan Houston area. Yeah. So, so there was another statistic that that you had pointed out in well, we were having a Zoom meeting just earlier this week. Something about mm-hmm. three hundred sixty-two thousand. The number sticks in my head. Is that is that correct? Yes, uh, you're talking about the population eligible to naturalize. Correct. Like, correct. Right. So tell tell yes, us about we, that. We, sure, we ran an analysis on you know to estimate who. Uh, amongst the the immigrant population who has who are green card holders and who have the number of years required to be eligible to naturalize. Yes. And, and we found that there are about three hundred and sixty thousand uh, people in the in the greater Houston area uh, that... who, who would be ready, but who haven't done it yet. Wow! Is that amazing? What that three hundred sixty thousand is a lot of votes that that can swing elections. <laughs> That's true. But for some reason, they're not uh, choosing to do so. Well, there are different reasons. Yeah, part of it is preferences. You know, there, sometimes people can't believe this, but yeah, sometimes people don't want to become necessarily become American citizens. I guess. Correct. But uh, you know, the larger, most likely, at least from different surveys and studies uh, that we understand, is it's, it's there are barriers like. Um, lower incomes because you do have to pay for the test, of course. Uh, it is a relatively high price if you are from a low-income community. How much is it for the um, test? It's close to $900. Oh, wow. Okay. It's really increased. Really? Wow. Mm. I don't remember paying as much. Yeah, take yeah. The time I became uh, the citizen, it was like 300 something. And 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 this another barrier, too, a significant one. There, Yes, the significant one is the English proficiency. Uh, that's right, for sure. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, like we saw in our report that uh, close to six in ten immigrants are are what we call limited English proficient, meaning that they speak English less than very well. Right? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. 
Uh, I would point out though, that we looked at this by country of origin too. And amongst the, the, the top five countries, the, the Indian uh, community was the one that was uh, more, you know, that had the lowest, the highest share of English proficient, let's say. Correct, uh, yeah. yes. Compared to others, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it British. varies a lot by community. Right, which uh, which brings to my mind another question: Is this true of other countries that they ask for proficiency in their native languages? Oh, I'm not sure. I mean, I there might be an option. You're saying like in other countries they may they may Correct. have an option to do the test in in the native language. Yeah, yeah. I I've heard of some countries doing that. Yes, but I don't know to what extent it's common. So I I couldn't tell you. I see. Okay. Yeah, but in the but of course in the U.S. Uh, not only is the test in English, the civics part is in English, and you have an actual English uh, test that is uh, oral. And there are some changes also that are coming up in the naturalization test that have been um, proposed, and some advocates, like immigrant advocates, believe that it might make it even harder. Wow. Um, yeah. So you do have that. And in the case of Houston specifically, I would point out that one of the findings on that population eligible to naturalize is that a lot of them have been in the country for very long. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh -huh. you know, you, you need mi a minimum of five years uh -huh. to be, as a green card holder to, to be eligible to become a citizen uh, or three years if you're married to a citizen. But we found that at least four in ten people who were eligible to naturalize have been in the country for 20 years. Wow. Um, yeah. So it seems to be, in the case of Houston specifically, you know, it's an older population, most likely, who, who unfortunately, you know, still face barriers related to language and to limited income. Yeah, so I have a follow-up question to that, uh, Dr. Valerie. Since you had mentioned that 350,000 eligible um, people who are sitting that could be uh, potential voters, so is there um, government uh, or any other agencies are doing anything to make it easier or to be able to um, you know, uh, help them out somehow so they can become eligible voters? Right. So my understanding is that uh, at the Houston level, especially, there are a lot of initiatives uh, to get people to get to become citizens. So they have to campaign and raise awareness to the benefits of becoming a citizen, like, of course, voting. That's the ultimate privilege. But also there's plenty of research that shows that, you know, becoming an, a citizen helps you incorporate more into the society and um, home ownership, for instance, is very high amongst naturalized citizens uh, compared to other groups. And it, it, there are a lot of benefits, right? You also have access to more jobs, uh, for instance, in the federal government. Mm. Uh, so there are campaigns around that that are quite um, extensive, especially in the Houston area. We're not directly connected to any of this because we're a nonpartisan you know, think tank in D.C., but I am aware that there, there's a lot there going on. There are also some um, subsidies for lower-income people to cover some of the fees. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but still, you know, it's, it's still a lot for if you are, if you are living on a low income. Okay. Valerie, we have a caller just called, and he has some information to pass along that has some direct bearing to what you're saying. I'll patch him in. Mm -hmm. Hold on one second, please. Caller, go right ahead. Uh, hi. 
so I was at a uh, Diwali function not too long ago, and there is an organization, grassroots uh, voting advocacy organization for South Asian community called Save Texas, S-A-A-V-E-T-X. Right, I'm aware of and, that. Yeah. yeah, and they are offering assistance to non-citizens to apply for citizenship. They found uh, something similar to what the, the lady is saying, that there are too many people of South Asian origin who are not applying for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So anyone who is interested in applying for citizenship, they can reach out to Save Texas. And, and savetexas.org, I guess? Dot .org, yes. Right. Well, that's very valuable information because, you know, as Valerie is just pointing out, it's nine hundred dollars in order to take the citizenship test, which is a lot of ula mula. Yeah, so it's not just the money, but way. there are other barriers as well. People don't know what forms and etc. So they offer all of that. Oh, great! So, folks, if you're considering this and you've been holding back because of, of various and sundry reasons, SaveTexas.org is the place to go. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, Doctor. Also, all Doctor Valerie also said that there's a subsidy. Uh, allowed there there is a that they can get to it right i see i see well valerie another number that stuck up in my head was the number 40 percent what was that all about Mm, the 40 still talking about the eligible to naturalize yeah that was where the 40 percent came from well those are the four in ten people i was saying who have been in the country for 20 years on uh i see i see i see yeah that that's that's 41 percent right well there there's another good reason to to consider uh you know becoming a citizen and then and doing something about it and it's that um, apart from voting, because some people think it's uh, you know voting voting re- record uh, turnouts are very low these days. I mean, for the city uh, elections right now that we had in Houston, there was only fifteen percent of water turnout. Right, but you know it's not necessarily that these new citizens will vote. Well, true, but what I was pointing out is that if you're a non-citizen, you still pay sales tax, you still pay property tax, you pay all these other taxes, but you have no vote, you you have no voice in where this money goes. Right, and also, uh, once you become a citizen, you're probably eligible for more uh, uh, assistance R- from the government. Correct, some some sort of Medicare or Medicaid. Is that true, <coughs> Valerie? Uh, yes, it's true, it's true. So first, if you don't mind, I just want to point out that naturalized c- citizens actually have had a very a very high participation rate in elections, at least in oh, the okay. federal elections. I see, okay. The, the, yeah, the past ones, the ones in, in 2020, in 2016, the naturalized citizens voted almost at the same rate or even a little higher than U.S.-born citizens, and that's in Houston. That is a good so, statistic to know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they do participate once they have the, the right to vote. You know, so, right, so that's right. Good. I see. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, yes, uh, there is, like since 1996, there's, there's been um, a restrictions on, that were introduced at the federal level on non-citizens so that they can't access certain public benefits. Okay, uh, yes. So like you said, 19- yeah, like Medicaid, food stamps. Right. And, I, I, right. I, that, that mm-hmm. Go ahead. You, you're absolutely right. And th- there was another one, I think it was uh, around, uh, uh, it was right after R- um, Ronald Reagan's time, I think, 
but they some of these re restrictions came into passing. Yeah. Some something else that I'm aware of only because my insurance agent told me this. He said if you are a non-citizen then and if you die there's a problem with uh the probate issues with and turn out and how you uh, how that money is distributed or or your nexo can get the money. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a financial risk uh, consideration here too. Sure. Uh, I so I'm not entirely familiar with these law with the laws that you're quoting. I would say, you know, even in the case of access to public benefits, we do have to I, I, we have to kind of put a, a caveat on that because not when we're talking about non-citizens, there's a range, right, of non-citizens. Mm -hmm. There are green card holders. There are law people who have a lawful status, uh, you know, visas that are employer-sponsored, and then there are people who are unauthorized. Yes. So, right. So so even amongst the non-citizens, there are different levels of access or, like, these laws, for instance, that Correct. you're talking about. It would depend, really, on which immigration status specifically we're talking about and also where they live in what state, because the states have a lot of power as well as to, you know, which laws apply uh, when it comes to non-citizens. Okay, and uh, Dr. Valerie, I have a diff totally different question of what we have been just talking about because so far we have covered just the Zoom call and and the call that you had. I have a question about the the Institute for Women's Policy Research, where you you know we, where you have conducted some uh, some analysis on on women's economic uh, security wise, including their gender wage gap and and their paid family leaves and and their entrepreneurship. Please. Uh, shed a little light on that to see how does that work well we we didn't this this specific study on houston i have to say was not a gender specific it wasn't a gender analysis that uh <laughs> takes into account a lot of what you just mentioned except for the access to public benefits mm -hmm. um that we were just talking about because a lot of it depends on your immigration status right so if you come into the country as a humanitarian population like a refugee, an Afghan parolee, like the, a lot of Afghan parolees have come in through the Operation Allies Welcome, for instance, that will determine the type of services or, or benefits that you have access to mm -hmm. more. So we're looking at that from the immigration lens, immigration status lens, more than the gender lens. So when we talk about the general policy for the for the immigration or for the mig migrants uh, for immigrants, so mm -hmm. Institute of uh, U.S. Immigration Policy Program under that particular thing, what is the update on on that uh, going forward? Let's talk about the 2024. If you have any data uh, on that, if we, so, I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? Talking about the, the this. Uh, migration policy that we ha you have under the Institute of U.S. Immigration Policy Program. So what this program stands for and what kind of policies that we talk about, maybe we want to, well, our listeners to know about this particular program. C can I add on to that? Oh, yes. Can okay. I, so yes, basically, <laughs> your report that you've issued right now, Mm -hmm. Would it be how would it be implemented? Implemented to the general public, right? And especially, I see, I see. especially in Houston. Yes. Mm. So we're we're a think tank. So we like this report, and I hope your listeners go ahead and and look for it on our website. 
it's a profile of all immigrants. So that we're, we're not making any specific policy proposals and we're not a political entity. So we, you know, we're not pushing any specific uh, policy okay. proposals. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she said she's nonpartisan. Yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't do that. However, the, what we do and what we hope is that from the work that we put out, that it helps policymakers understand where there are areas and gaps that, you know, that are relevant for policy, especially in the case of Texas right now. Right. We have you've seen the operation uh, Lone Star going on at the border. Mm-hmm. You have now this new bill coming out of the Senate uh, proposing uh, heightened uh, enforcement of immigrants to deport them back to deport them to Mexico, for instance, uh, which will probably be challenged in court. So there's a, there are a lot of bills coming out from the state, or at least um, there are a lot of um, proposals or policies that we hope that by by showing in this report to what extent immigrants are part of the Houston fabric, that it makes um, policymakers and different people in society think about the impacts of those types of policies and even the right. rhetoric around those right. policies, what the impact could be. And, t- and that is absolutely so true. Even though they, they pay lip service to this day in, day out in the state and the city, there's very little that they've done in order to integrate a lot of these things. Uh, I, I think there's room for growth, uh, room for, for more improvements in, in the greater Houston area for sure. Miss Valerie, uh, le- uh, please uh, uh, appreciate your time uh, that you took to, to, to come over here on the, on the phone with us all the way from Washington, D.C., and take some mm-hmm. time out from your Saturday afternoon to educate us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on the show, and please go and look at the report, and, and I hope that it helps people see, um, you know, to what extent immigrants are an integral part of, like, especially we didn't get a chance to talk about the Houston labor market. You know, you'll see right. so many interesting statistics. What, what, is, what is the website again, please? Migrationpolicy.org. Okay. Thank you very much, Valerie. You have a good Thanksgiving. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Indo-American News Radio India News US News World News Movie Reviews And Local Community Roundup Every Saturday 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM Hi, I'm Jawahar I'm Sanchali And I'm Pramon Indo-American News Radio Red Berries offers a selection of freshly baked cookies, variety of cakes, bread made from scratch. We also bake eggless cake. Life mein chahiye thoda maza. Kabhi meetha to kabhi tikha. Red Berries Bake Shop, baked fresh every day. New location, 11803B Wilcrest Drive, Houston, Texas, next to Xfinity, across Agas, 832-252-9000. Also visit Hot Breads on Hillcroft. If you think you're keeping up with the news, tell us what you know. Get on the Indo-American News Radio Quiz Show. I think I know this. 
the only quiz of its kind on Desi Radio in the U.S. And win points, a prize, laughs, and make friends. To get on the Indo-American News Radio, email today, indoamericannews at yahoo.com or call 713-789-6397. Indo-American News Radio on Masala 98.7 FM every Saturday, 3 to 6 p.m. with Jawahar Sanchali Pramod and Jyoti. Crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. At Indo-American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share, or disagree with Sanjali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call Indo-American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better. Every Saturday, listen to Masala Radio, 3 to 6 p.m. Indo-American News. Welcome back, folks. And now we're going on to our next guest. And this is the final guest for this afternoon. We're, we're ha- very happy to have with us Bhupinder Bo, that is B.O. Singh. And I, I think I like the word Bo. I don't know how it's stuck, but we'll find out from him in a minute. Um, Bhupinder Singh is a retired engineer. He was born in Bhama, Myanmar, which was Burma, and his early education was there. He, he did his BE in Mechanical Engineering from Regional Engineering College, Surat, Gujarat. That's interesting. You speak Gujarati? Ah, good, good, good. All right, and then he started his engineering career in New Delhi and lived in South Korea before immigrating to USA. Do you speak Korean? Chogum Chogum, Ohio. Writing is his hobby. His articles have been published in our beautiful newspaper, Indo-American News, several times. Sikh Net, The Sikh Review, Nishan, Asia Samachar, and Bology. He has authored seven books and co-authored one book, and I've been very uh, pleased to have reviewed a, a couple of these books. But he's written Connecting with the Master, Gurmat Quotient, uh, R- Ray Ras, Why Are Ray We Ras. Here, Fish Eat Fish World, Humility, A Spiritual Journey, in Bully's Eyes, message to Bhagats in SGGS. So, uh, and we're very happy to have him with us uh, to talk about the Sikh Center in Houston. And along with him, we have with us uh, Hardeep Kaur, uh, who is uh, on the phone with us. Welcome to the show, Hardeep Ji. Hello, Ji. Namaskar. Welcome to... I'm, I'm glad you took me over on the radio show. Right. Um, well, I'm, I'm happy to be there. Well, we had to have you here because you, you <laughs> were such an integral part of the Sikh Center. No, no, always I get drafted by Bo, you know, and I can say no to him, you know. Right, right. And I'll, there's a story behind this because uh, just last week you guys were here for the, the, the Current Affairs Quiz Contest. And Hardeep, uh, you were drafted by, by Bo at that time. <laughs> you were a good sport. Yeah. You were a yeah. good sport. By the way, it is on a podcast, so if you guys uh, want to listen to it, the podcast, it's on, uh, available on seven platforms. Um, Hardeep Ji, uh, please tell the listeners a little bit bo- more about yourself. Jawar Ji, um, my name is, as you said, Hardeep Kaur. Uh, I go by last name Singh. I'm a long-time Estonian. And uh, uh, just, you know, when I was here, it was very few people. So from day one, I'm a part of this network of Sikh Center, you know, which is we are celebrating the 50th um, 
year of our uh, our temple or of our Gurdwara, um, you know, which is uh, known as the Sikh center of Gulf Coast. And um, so I was very young when I got here. And I, uh, should I go on with the no, whole no, thing? Or no, no. Yeah, please. <laughs> and, then, and she's she's I mean, very humble. She doesn't want to she doesn't want to yeah. bore us with everything. But you had a printing yeah. press company, right? Yes, yes. Which you ran for 38 years. Yeah, for 30 years. Then, you know, I got into small business, and it was a printing business. Um, Done quite well, actually. I didn't have no regrets. And and you've retired um, from that business. And in the meanwhile, you also have um, a daughter who you're very, very proud of, Monica Singh. She's the uh, district judge uh, from, from Houston. And yeah. uh, she was elected last uh, last two years ago, no, no January, a year ago. Yeah. Year no, no, ago. Just this January, yes. Yeah. Well, she she took yeah. post this January, but January. she was elected yeah. two years yeah. ago. Yeah, she, no, no, she was no. she's in the office from twenty late last year. From she twi- won on twenty second. Okay, okay, uh, all right, I yeah. see. And also, you have been past president of the Sixth Center for a couple of times, right? Hanji, the first woman, first. you know. Well, you you like it or not? <laughs> <laughs> why would why would we not like it? There's a woman sitting here who's uh, definitely you. You, know <laughs> you never know, girl. You know these this the man dominated you know community is just. Uh, um, you know, they know we are better than them. Yes, right. so, you know, I always say that every woman has a man in, in herself, but every man doesn't yeah. have the woman. So we are more oh, nee, than you, the man and we are the wow man. So, yes, Hardeep Ji, as your president, did you have any issues uh, dealing with uh, men on the, as volunteers or as officers? Gee, yes, yes. She, yes you're talking yes. about Punjabi guys, man. <laughs> you know, they, they start fighting. Yeah. Just, if you look at them, oh, yeah. they start fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but can you imagine, you know, uh, you know, I mean, they just didn't want to see a lady on, on right in front of them and seven or eight people sitting right around the around the lady you know it's just yeah. it's hard it's hard so it's tell hard. me something yeah. let's start from the beginning because um when i spoke with bo earlier yesterday i said you need to be here on the show this week because the sixth center of the gulf coast which is on prairie drive is going to be celebrating uh the 50th <laughs> year of its founding and it, you've received a historical plaque you applied yes. for a plaque and yes. you got a plaque tell us yes. a little bit about that bo well, we have applied for the plaque. The plaque has been, uh, you know, reviewed and uh, kind of approved because they go through the every word that is written, uh-huh. and that has been kind of, uh, you know, blessed now. Uh-huh. So it needs to be submitted to the board, which will approve that uh, thing formally, and then it can be installed. Then it can be casted and then installed. I see. So I do have the plaque wording here, but I cannot. Uh, Get the plaque itself. <laughs> I see. Okay, but now y- the there is a ceremony on December the third at yes. at the Gurdwara itself. Mm-hmm. It starts at something like ten in the morning, correct, and then it goes on till uh, with various kirtans, kirtans, and right, yeah. eventually a langar, I suppose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, and there will be dignitaries there. Yes, mayor is invited and commissioner is invited. Uh, commissioner uh, Garcia. No other one. Oh, Rodney Ellis? Huh? Rodney Ellis? Well, anyway, so one of the commissioners. Uh, yeah. 
So you, you think there will be a big turnout of people, right? I'm expecting, for sure. Okay. I mean, there should be a lot of excitement. And even if people who are not members of the Sikh Center, I would think some would, some would show up at least, if not for anything else, at least for longer. Yeah, yeah. No, but this is such a, a, <coughs> a big event, though, 50 years, and to be recognized by the state of Texas. Yes. As a historical uh, marker. marker and a historical building and and institution, so uh, how did they go about doing this? Well, they have a whole procedure, you know, this criteria, that criteria, and uh, you know, every word you say is uh, vetted, and you know, then they think whether you can qualify or not. So then, you know, it kind of takes to the next step and it's reviewed by the board, local board, then it goes to the state board and so on and on. It's a kind of a are rigorous there, process. Are there any benefits to doing this? To becoming well, a I historical mean, building? It's a, it's a recognition, you know, maybe it can draw some tourists to come and uh, see being a historical marker. I guess I have no experience, so I cannot say for sure. Right. But yeah, it puts you on the tourist map. It does? Yeah. Hardeep ji, do you, uh, how do you remember this uh, this whole process? I mean, f did you think you would be still sitting here talking about the, uh, this uh, the this great institution fifty years later? Me, Georgie, uh, and everybody else with you, your team. Uh, I don't know how these forty-eight years have passed. You know, fifty years. Uh, I mean, forty-eight years for me. Uh huh. Uh, I've been a part of this institution, but. Uh, I have uh, really seen this Gurdwara going through a lot of changes. and uh, But, you know, like people like me, a few others, you know, we just stuck with the Gurdwara and uh, just always positive thinking, do kids programs, do outreach programs, you know. But um, actually this Gurdwara has given a lot for six. You know, has done it's like a pivot for us. Yeah, Hardeep ji, question you know, years and how much, uh, uh, you know, food do you prepare now? That kind of tells us the participation of the people who uh, come and, uh, you know, come join you on Sundays longer. Um, it started with, like, when we were, uh, I was first here, it was, like, 30 people. Mm. Then from 30, it grew up slowly, and we were in hundreds, like, in 76, 77. You know, and then we start cooking uh, from there on, you know, uh, 1977. And uh, from there, it grew up to, um, I would say, 400, 450, even five on a bigger event days. But on the level of every every week, it's, I would say 350 people come and go. Uh, okay. I, I would like to add something to that. Sure. Because of Sikh Center... There are few other Gurdwaras now. So, you know, the population is kind of divided, mm -hmm. going to different places. So, 
30 years back or 40 years back there was only one gurdwara but now yes. there are seven gurdwaras in Houston uh, I see yeah, by the way popping up by the way Bo you were charged with a task for this gurdwara yes is that the book that you wrote that is correct can I so see working on two yeah it's a so Bo because of his immense writing ability and his hobby as r- we mentioned in his uh, introduction he he's written the history of the sixth center of the Gulf Coast area, and it's a it's a nicely put together book. Uh, it has all sorts of historical data plus a lot of pictures, roughly about fifty to f- sixty pages. Yeah. So the seven books that you have written, yes. um, you know, Bupinderji, uh, out of that, the sixth one that I'm looking at is the humility, a spiritual journey, uh-huh. the humility. Yeah. So whose journey are we talking about? Is this a religious journey of yours itself or the journey of the Sikhism? Well, it is a spiritual journey of everyone. We are spiritual beings having human experience. So, But what we get associated with everything with the body, you know, and we don't consider ourselves as spiritual beings having human experience. <coughs> and we don't, you know, worry about the spiritual aspect. Mm-hmm. And so so that is what, based on Guru's teaching, I have tried to, because Guru Nanak Ji said, Mithat Nivi Nanka. Mithat means, uh, you know, sweetness. Yes. Nivi means uh, humble. Yes, correct. So the, that question comes back to you again, um, that one of your books is, why are we here? So my question too is, why are we here? We are here to find without out... Write, without reading your book. Okay, we are here to find out that we are spiritual beings having human experience and realizing that since we are spiritual beings, we are kind of offspring or child of the Creator God. And our journey is to merge from human into the divine entity. Well, well those, that's really good. But we, let's focus back on the Gurdwara itself, okay. because the Sikh Center... So you wrote this beautiful, uh, uh, it's a (coughs) souvenir kind of book. It has the whole history of this. There's one thing that caught my eye. It says, Rising from the Ashes. What did you mean by that? Well, what happened was on July 11th, 1974, the wooden building that was built as the first place of worship Mm -hmm. was uh, hit with a lightning and the whole building got burned down. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And so a new one was built. Yes. So the the old building doesn't remain. No, because it was all wooded building, and you know, wood if it catches fire. Right. Of course. It's of course, gone. Of course. So how many acres does this uh, sit on right now? Oh my God! I think it's about eight, nine acres. And so, but the building itself, it's uh, uh, the grounds are big. There's only this one building, the gr- the Gurdwara. No, there are a couple of other buildings. There is a residence for the Paisabs. There's a school. So there are about four, five. Other buildings there. Hadipji, there's a school. He, he just mentioned there's a school. Yes. So, uh, school for children? Yes. Hadipji, are you still there with us? Hanji, Hanji, Hanji. Yes, it's school from uh, that school. It's, it's Punjabi school. And uh, we, we started Punjabi school right after I came in. I, I think I was the wisest one here, you know. Um, this is just a joke, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, to me, you know, I really wanted the kids to be connected with our roots, you know. So uh, we started Punjabi school very small, like, you know, with the four or five kids and that grew up. So I'm, I'm, I'm so happy now. Our kids are like 120. There is a, this is, this is, a, I mean, it has grown from, 
four or five kids to 120 kids now, you so know. It's, it's called the, the, Khalsa, the Khalsa School at the Sikh Center. That's what it's uh, called. The Khalsa School, yes. How, yeah, many, yeah. how many kids do you say are there now? 120. Oh, I see, I see. So, And it goes up to which grade? No, there's no it's grades, but the, I think they are, they're using it's, the it, levels. It's yes. level one, two, three, four, and five. So it's and like also there's it's adult an, classes. It's a, a Sunday extracurricular Sunday, Sunday school. Sunday school. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday right. yes, yes, yes. Very nice, yes. very nice. Wow, so, so uh, impressive. Uh, uh, Jawarzi, if uh, you allow me to uh, add a few things, I just want to know, uh, let you know that uh, Sikh Center is just not centered for the Sikh. We have outreach in in the american network too you know like i have ran food bank uh program for years you know oh, i, I see. Okay. get get the youth involved and we collect food we go deliver them and then we also donate our time there mm -hmm. uh, and then we i have done star of hope for uh, i would say eight years we used to cook once a month go over there and and uh, cook and serve uh, one meal right uh, see. Yeah. in the in the star of hope shelter for women wow. and um that's nice that's that's, that's great and yeah. I, I i've always enjoyed going to the to the sick center and uh yeah. it's it has a good good vibe good warm feeling and especially after you modeled and yeah uh, upstairs uh bo uh, are there plans um to add more buildings or growth of the sick center well we just uh, you know had a renovation and upgrade and we just had the upgrade and renovation it costed 1.6 million dollars ah. and uh, it just got completed right before the covid you know sure. so at this time uh, some you know sprucing up of uh, yes. other things so it's a period of stability and uh, that's correct well, Hardeepji yes, so and, and Boji, thank you so much. We're almost out of time. We've yeah, got a question. Just one more question. Just because, you know, every time Thanksgiving parade in yes. downtown, you yes. guys have uh, your float. Yes. So are we, uh, you continue doing that, or are you planning to add some more floats to, to the Thanksgiving parade? I think, uh, you it's know. It's always, uh, should I? Yeah, yeah, please, yeah, Hardeepji. Real quick, we've only got uh, 30 seconds. Yeah, it's always. It's always one one uh, float, and uh, we are continuing on that. You you you, I, you participate uh, in the float, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. I do. I'm I'm affiliated with them. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm I am not a Gatka guy. You know, mainly yeah. it's a Gatka. I we want to elaborate that, uh, you know, float to some other people. I um, mean, some other ideas, but hasn't been done yet. Well, once um, again, thank you so much, G, both of you, for, for joining us. And everyone who's listening, December 3rd, it's a Sunday, there's a big ceremony at the Sikh Center on Prairie Drive. Yeah. It's on the northwest side of town. And if you uh, feel uh, the urge to, to participate, to volunteer, you can always reach Bo Singh through us, through Indian American News. But certainly go there and participate in the ceremonies. And thank you very much. Congratulations, both of you. Hey, Johar. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. You're still doing the same thing. You haven't taken my name. See, there you go. No, I just mentioned <laughs> Hardeep Ji. You said, you know, talk to Bo. And how about Hardeep? <laughs> you know, that's exactly where I'm coming from. I'm See doing this, the Punjabi yeah. thing here. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. let me say something here. You no, no, know, we're, 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 we're out of time. She's the time. mother. Thank yeah. you. Bye, Thank you Judge. much. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye. Thank you. Bye. 713-784-5673. Maharaja, bringing diamonds to life.
शादी की बारात निकलने वाली और फुल दो घंटे डांसिंग चलेगा लेकिन ये सारे वीडियोस शूट करने के लिए मेरी फोन की बैटरी चलेगी या नहीं शादी में फोन की बैटरी चले ना चले लेकिन शादी में महाराजा के हीरे हमेशा चलेंगे वो शादी ही क्या जिसमें महाराजा के हीरे ना हो सेलिब्रेट वेडिंग्स विद महाराजा फाइव एट टू वन हिल क्राफ्ट सेवन वन थ्री फोर एट जीरो सिक्स सेवन सेवन सिक्स ब्रिंगिंग डायमंड वो कुछ कहती नहीं पर ये भी एक भाषा है हीरे की चमक हर नारी की अभिलाषा है हाँ तुम कीमती हो ये सुनने की आशा है तभी तो हर हीरे को महाराजा जूलर्स ने प्यार से तराशा है हम हीरों से रिश्ते बनाते हैं क्योंकि आपके रिश्ते की कीमत हम जानते हैं महाराजा डायमंड्स फाइव एट टू वन हिल क्राफ्ट सेवन वन थ्री सेवन एट फोर फाइव सिक्स सेवन थ्री महाराजा ब्रिंगिंग डायमंड्स टू लाइफ हीरा क्या है हीरा वो प्यार है जो दिखते थकता नहीं जो हर कसौटी पर खरा उतरता है हीरा वो है जो बनता है हर चेहरे की मुस्कुराहट जो रहे हमेशा आपके साथ आपका और महाराजा जूलर्स का सालों साल का रिश्ता एक हीरा है महाराजा जूलर्स फाइव एट टू वन हिल क्राफ्ट सेवन वन थ्री सेवन एट फोर फाइव सिक्स सेवन थ्री महाराजा ब्रिंगिंग डायमंड्स टू लाइफ Tune in seven days a week with a crazy masala crew. Ninety-eight point seven FM Masala Radio. So spicy. Crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. At Indo-American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share, or disagree with Sanjali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call Indo-American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better. Every Saturday, listen to Masala Radio, three to six p.m. Indo-American News. Well, guys, we are down to the last twenty minutes of the show, and we really had uh, a lot of uh, a variety of guests here. Yeah, today. very interesting. Starting with Tony Busby, the politician, right, and attorney. Then we had the Dr. Uh, Valerie Lacarte. Yeah, and she did the economic policy, uh, immigration, immigration, and uh, related economic issues. Right. And then we have uh, Bo Singh and Hardeep Kaur. Uh, let's not forget her. <laughs> right, we definitely will not. Uh, yeah. What do you think? We talked about the fiftieth anniversary of the Sikh Center. Correct, Sangeeta. What do you think? I was just uh, my last sentence because before we had our our break, I was saying that you know we cannot forget about Hardeep Kaur. Hardeep Kaur Singh. She calls herself as a Singh, and she's a mother of a, of a judge. Singh. You know, Monica Singh's the judge. Right. So if uh, she if she can raise a judge, imagine her power. Yeah, so we can't really you know ignore her like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, she's she's a, a Singhni. She's a remarkable woman. Mm. Yeah, she is definitely. Yeah, she was here uh, last week. Yeah, we had her for the quiz contest. She didn't do very well. She only got mm. one question <laughs> out of the, all of those. I think Bo was trying to help her. <laughs> Bo was uh, Bo was actually uh, uh, quite knowledgeable. I remember. Yeah, a lot more uh, prepared. He he actually got five questions right. Ah, neat. So, 
By the way, I wanted to point out something, a very, very interesting article that I read uh, in the, the paper. It just goes to show when you read papers, you can learn a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And if you watch the news, you learn a lot, so on and so forth. We know that our uh, current affairs con contestants today, two of them... <laughs> Two of them had were no not. Idea. Yeah. They, they had no, no idea what was going on around <laughs> the world, uh, you know, around them. But they were playing a guessing game. Right. So here's, there's a man in New York City, in New York State, I guess, NYU, uh, Langone Health uh, is, the, is the, the name of the hospital. They helped this man by replacing not only his face, because he lost his face in an accident. Yeah, in, in electrical uh, yeah, he, shock. It was, he, uh, he received an electrical shock, and he nearly died. This was in June 2021 Yeah. Uh, by live wire. So it just goes to sh tell you, be careful around electricity. Ultimately, he lost his left eye uh, arm, requiring a prosthetic. He, his damaged left eye was so painful it had to be removed. Uh. Multiple reconstruction service, uh, sur uh, surgeries could repair, couldn't repair uh, the excessive facial uh, injuries, including the massive nose, his missing nose and lips. Mm. And so he was given a, a face transplant. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty decent. Mm. Right. A face transplant. I'm showing uh, a picture of the, the guy. But then he received the first ever eye transplant. My God. How do you do that? So, so they, 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 they figured that the eye would be maybe, maybe it might work, maybe it might not work. To the utter surprise, it worked, huh? To the utter surprise, the eye was, um, it, it, it actually, the blood vessels started to grow in there, mm -hmm. and it got the, 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 the interior pressure so that it actually functioned like an eye. Oh, okay. He could move the eye. It's a little yeah. painful because he's still trying. Yeah, yeah. But right now, he doesn't have... The optic nerve was not reconnected properly. Oh, I see. They so he couldn't see that he well. Can, he can't see at all right now, except he can tell the difference between light on or off, oh, okay. which right. is a huge huge step forward. Can you imagine? Does yeah. the artificial intelligence have something to do no, with it? No, no. Yeah, it's no. the medical surgery that uh, is so, the key. So what they did is they used stem cells. Mm. Mm. And uh, the, they were able to use the injected special stem cells from the donor, uh, and uh, it, it seemed to work. So they, they are very, very uh, hopeful that he will be able to see something. But it's the first step to doing... Uh, restoring eyes, uh, eyesight to blind people. Yeah, and it's amazing what medical technology can do. Uh, and also uh, the ability of the body to recover itself. Yeah. Correct. Talking about stem cells, you know, I can go on. I can give a one-hour lecture on stem cells. My okay. study was based on that. Oh, my oh, gosh. Okay. Yes. We have a treatment. I mean, when I had my salon and, and you know, the, the beauty salon and the uh, aesthetic pl um, place, we had stem cell products and we had that stem cell technology going into doing the facials and uh, improvement of the face. Correct. Cells. And in Europe, stem cell work has been going on for decades. Mm. But I, unfortunately, and to, to my dis utter disappointment, George W. Bush mm. uh, was... Well, it's related to, you know, the Republican conservative views Correct. on this subject. They, they totally banned stem cell research. This is 20 years ago. 
Right, and it was because I think the stem cells were harvested from aborted uh, uh, fetuses. fetuses. Mm. Yeah. But they, but they eventually had to b get special classes of stem cells that would not so right from in the U.S. But I think in Europe they can still do that. Oh, in Europe they're so far ahead. Europe and in in Korea, J Japan, they're so yeah. far ahead. Yeah. Seems to be helping a lot of people, with especially their knee surgeries. But the problem was that the Re Republicans put a little arrow in the heart of all this stuff and stopped it, stymied the whole research for Every so long. Every time you speak about Republicans, why do you always look at me? <laughs> because you're a good-looking Republican. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> yes, I seem to be more on the conservative uh, side. Oh, uh, okay. TK. But she's a good-looking Republican, yeah. nevertheless. Conservative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But in any case, uh, are you going to watch the cricket match, Jawar? No, but you are. <laughs> tell, tell us all about it. Well, it's uh, Pakistan versus... No, well, forget Pakistan. <laughs> it's <laughs> India versus Australia. Uh -huh. So it's the finals of the uh, World Cup, the ODI matches with 50 overs on each side. Uh -huh. And it's going to be in the largest uh, stadium uh, that has ever been constructed with seating for 132,000 people. Ahmedabad? Yes. Mm. The Modi it's Stadium? Narendra Modi Stadium. He got it his used name to be it. called Motera. I think they changed it recently. They, they're kissing up the Modi. Yes. <laughs> well, I think Modi was uh, quite interested in cricket. Mm -hmm. He was the president of the Gujarat State Cricket Association as well. Oh, I see. In his younger years. Yeah. And so the match starts at 2.30. In the morning? Yeah. Uh, because of the timing. Are you going to stay up at 2.30? I usually get up around that time. Yeah, get up? You, what do you mean get up at 2.30? I'm awake, uh, go to the bathroom, then I can watch a little <laughs> bit. You know, Jay Shah, which is uh, Ramesh Shah's uh, son, is mm. uh, right now is in control of uh, of the you know BCCI mm -hmm. and, and all these uh, really? cricket leagues. Yes. Wow, nice. He's in control of that. Yeah. So who who's your favorite? Of course, well, India. India, you know, is the uh, romantic favorite, but... You know, Australia has won this so many times. They have experienced players, and they know how to win. Mm -hmm. So it would be great if India can uh, win. And I think this is their best opportunity in quite a few years uh, to be the champions. And the whole World Cricket Series was uh, well, uh, was held in India itself. Yes, in different cities of India. Right, right. And then this match is available on Sling. And also ESPN Plus. Sling is uh, is uh, direct. I mean, Dish. Not necessarily. Uh, it's a streaming channel as well. Okay. And so um, they have a lot of uh, Indian channels, and some people have uh, what they call IPTV, which is a box, mm -hmm. and you get a lot of uh, Indian channels, and they can watch it on that uh, box as well. I've heard about that box. Yeah. You pay so much for it every month or something, or you buy it at one time or something. Yeah, you can. Uh, it's about six hundred dollars for five years or some such thing. Wow, T twenty <laughs> is next year. Yeah, really. Yes, and then the, I heard uh, Little Birdie told me that their the team will be coming here in in Houston in February. T twenty mm -hmm. here, in Houston. The team some is coming. Oh. Yeah, there there'll be some matches in the Caribbean and. Uh, U.S. Ah, I see. And I maybe see, Canada see. as well. Oh, yes, yes. That's just a little birdie told me. Oh, okay. I'm not supposed to uh, say it out uh, loud. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure all the listeners are not going to just, you know, they're going to keep it to themselves. I think they're <laughs> going to be f not, it's a secret, by they're the not focused on the future. They're focused on the present. On, on the <laughs> present, which is this, this <laughs> thing yeah. which is happening. Is When is the final? 
two thirty starts. Oh, okay. And it's it's uh, it's uh, how many? It goes on for eight hours. So uh, unless you're no very patient, no, no there's no point in watching the whole thing. But you can catch it from time to time. So you can take a bathroom break. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> You remember in the Super Bowl? Yes. They used to monitor how many people there were by the amount of uh, water that was being flushed uh, during commercials. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah. They're clever people, clever, yeah, clever people. It may be something similar in uh, the cricket world. Right. Interesting analysis. Yeah. And by the way, um, uh, if we want to talk about movies, mm-hmm. uh, Salman Khan's movie, Tiger, Tiger 3, is playing. Yeah. And it has Katrina Kaif, and uh, this is the third in the series of Tiger movies. And it's a spy thriller. It has decent reviews. You know, most uh, reviewers don't really care for this genre. Mm-hmm. But they said uh, it's not too bad. Well, if they're Salman Khan's diehard fans, Fan, they're just going to they go watch appreciate. it regardless they don't care. whether yeah. the movie is good or bad. And, yeah. and same goes for Katrina Kaif. Yeah, yeah. So I think that uh, will be a great uh, feature. And also, uh, Yashraj Films is uh, working with Netflix. And they have a series called Railway Men. And it was uh, Yashraj Films' first series. And uh, it's about, uh, you know, the 1984 Bhopal gas tragedy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this uh, uh, series is about that. And Yashraj always makes entertaining movies. Yeah. And Tiger 3 is their production. Uh. So it should be... Well, it's slick. Yeah, The it's trailer slick. that I saw is, is really slick. Exactly. And the cast is uh, R. Madhavan, uh, K.K. Menon, and uh, Divyendu Sharma, whom I don't know, and uh, an emerging talent, Bibel Khan, and Sunny Hinduja. So it should be quite a... Um, worthwhile series to well, watch. And it's come out at the right time because everyone's going to see a movie after Thanksgiving dinner. Yes. And uh, so the mov- the theater is going to be packed. What are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? Uh, well, we have family coming. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll show up too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was just talking about not having the Maharashtran food ever. Uh, yeah, I've yeah. never <laughs> been invited to, to, to the Maharashtran. I know, but, but uh, I didn't invite you because you want a freebie. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> okay. I'm, but I wanted to point out to everyone, I mentioned this during the, the, the quiz contest, but if you are a Kroger shopper and you happen to have a Kroger card, uh-huh. then you usually get this magazine called Kroger My Magazine, which comes out four times a year. Uh-huh. And the fall season magazine is out right now. And guess what? On page number three, the very four, page number four, very first recipe is thankful for... Turkey tikka. Oh, neat. Very nice. Variation so th- on chicken tikka. Right. Yeah. So this means that we Indians have finally hit the big time. We are That's now true. Do you know who who gave the recipe? Uh, it's recipe. Well, it's the standard kitchen people. Oh, okay. The Randall's people. No, no. Kroger, Kroger, Kroger. Oh, Kroger. Sorry. So as they call it, a chica, chicken tikka masala. Now it's going to be turkey tikka. Tur- turkey tikka. Turkey tikka. Tikka turkey. Yeah. And then also on another page, way in the back, there's a baked brie en croute, which means that it's got uh, the crust around it. Yeah, the cheese. Ra- no, no, the, the crust, uh, the baked up crust. Oh, okay. Bread, bread crust. Baked brie en croute with mango chutney. Ah, oh, mm. wow, neat. 
Mango chutneys are always good. So basically, a very nice gesture. S- 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 slow but steadily, our Indianness is catching up with, it's infiltrating the marketplace. Yeah, yeah just yesterday, a friend was saying, you know, there are these uh, restaurants in uh, downtown, mm-hmm. uh, underground. Yeah, and there's a uh, few Asian restaurants, mm-hmm. and there's an Indian uh, uh, restaurant as well. So at lunchtime, the Asian places have like four or five people standing mm-hmm. in line, mm-hmm. but the Indian one has twenty-five to thirty people. Used to ha- they used to have dosa factory down there too. Yeah, that's uh, yeah uh, above ground. Yeah, that's there. Yeah, yeah, which is good. And just don't forget, last week we had food from a Indian restaurant called Cowboys and Indians. Oh, yes, yes, at uh, the equator party. Correct. Then in the, the restaurant is based at uh, the Heights. But that's not an Indian restaurant as such, is but it? But no, I, I'm a little confused myself. Yeah. You know, because the food wasn't terribly Indian. Yeah. And it wasn't terribly good, <laughs> but it had, it had moments. Yes. Terrible and good don't even, you know, rhyme together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see a relationship between the terrible and a good. Well, folks, uh, we've enjoyed being with you for the last three hours at least. Uh, hopefully, you've enjoyed uh, being with us too, and then hopefully you'll tune in next week. Yeah, and We're enjoy the Thanksgiving weekend. And next week, it's is Jyoti on next week? I'm not sure. We have to find out. Yeah. We have to... But if she is, she'll play uh, uh, Bollywood songs and other songs based on Indian classical music. Correct. And she's always a delight. And last week was especially good. And thank you so much, Sangeeta, for being here with us as a guest hostess with the mostess. (laughs) Always a pleasure. Thank you. And then, folks, we'll talk to you next Saturday. This is Indo-American News Radio. Um, Next Saturday, by the way, we will have... uh, we have a couple of good good guests. One of them is George Willey. He'll be on to talk oh, about okay. immigration policy. For his regular immigration right, series. Right, right. And, and, and also, please, if you want to be on the quiz show, you need to call in 713-789-6397 on, on the phone or send us an email at indoamericannews at yahoo.com. And if you don't search us, if you don't find us, we'll find you. Yeah, and if it's, if uh, you know, you can join with some other groups and uh, be part of an organization mm-hmm. and participate uh, participate in the quiz show together right. with your friends. Yes, I think it's a good way to promote their organization as well. If you right. belong to a nonprofit, just bring in your team and, and be a good sport at it. Right. Uh, absolutely. You heard it from the hostess with the mostess, Sangeeta Dua. <laughs> All right, folks, I'm out of here. Adios. Bye-bye. 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 Se tere